welcome to the Awakening Church podcast. We exist to awaken this generation to new life in Christ. Thanks for tuning in. To find out more, go to awakeningchurch.com. Welcome to Awakening. We're thrilled to have you. My name's Ryan, if we don't know each other, and I'd love to get to say Merry Christmas. Oh, you don't want to say it back. It's fine. Whatever. Fine. Uh, This evening for the sermon, the title is, It's Personal. And so would you go ahead and just maybe say to your neighbor real quick, it's personal. Go for it. Yeah, look on the other side and go ahead and say it to the other neighbor. Please don't say, let's get personal. Let's leave. Okay, we're going to leave that one alone there. But I don't know about you, but I love, there's something so amazing about when someone gives you a gift and it's personal. Like, we know the impersonal gifts, right? The, the fundamental worst, like, non-personal gift is the re-gift, right? You all know the re-gift. I've done it, so no shame in your game right there. You've done it. Uh, some of you have done it tonight to people. That's okay. Um, but the re-gift is not personal. Is you got this gift, and you're like, hmm, I don't really want this, but... Um, Here you go, right? Here you go. I think this will be okay for you. It saved me money and time, and here's the gift for you. Uh, Another not personal gift, although it's incredibly practical, and for some you're like, I would prefer this gift, and that's way okay, is the gift card, right? The gift card's not personal, but it is practical, and for some you're like, hey, you know what? I really thought a lot about you. Here's $50 to Amazon, Uh, right? It's not necessarily personal. It may be practical, and in fact, it might be exactly what you wanted, but a personal gift. A personal gift, someone took time to think about you, like they know you, they know what you like and what you don't like, what you would really enjoy and what you wouldn't. They, they spent time and energy and then money and their resources to give you something that would be meaningful. And isn't it true that those personal gifts are often the gifts that we treasure? And it's not so much the gifts themselves, but it's actually the, what they remind us of, of who gave us those gifts. Let me ask you this question this evening. What would be the most personal, precious gift you could receive this Christmas? Think about it. I know all the kids are thinking through like their Santa list, you know. It's like, okay, an Xbox would be amazing. But here's what we know. And the older we grow, we come to realize, isn't this true, that the most precious gifts cannot fit under a tree. Like, if you're going to answer that question well, if you're really going to wrestle, like, what is the most personal, precious gift that I could receive this Christmas? It would not fit under a tree. It might be a relationship restored. Maybe it's with a spouse. Maybe it's with uh, your kids. Maybe it's with a friend. It might be that there's some health issues or something going on. You long for healing and wholeness and restoration. 
It might be um, that that addiction that has destroyed maybe you or a family member or the things around you, that, that that was at some point conquered or just completely taken away. It might be, you know, maybe perhaps time with a loved one. Perhaps time this Christmas season is even hard because it reminds you of those who aren't around the Christmas tree this year, and the most precious gift you could get would be to be with them just for a few more moments. Um, I remember, actually, this. I, there's a young couple. My wife and I were in the hospital earlier today visiting a young family in our church. They just had a baby on the 9th, and I don't know, this afternoon, at some point during our services, that baby went into uh, surgery. I know for them, the most precious personal gift they could receive, and I'm praying for them, and would you pray for them with me, that they would receive and be able to bring their baby home healthy and whole and restored. You see, when we think about that question, the answer is something that we all know, but we often forget. The answer is simply this. There is nothing more personal or precious than the gift of presence. There is nothing more personal or precious than this gift of presence and withness. In fact, um, any spouse of uh, someone who's been in the, you know, in the military and they're off uh, to war would say, you know what, I'd give up all the whatever finances, all the, if they could just be home. In the Silicon Valley, we live in such a distracted, tech-filled world that like literally the most precious commodity that we have is this gift of presence with one another. And even kids, even kids at the core of their heart, the deep longing of their soul is the presence, like the real presence of their mom and dad, that no gift or experience could replace. And this is precisely what makes Christmas so powerful and meaningful and amazing. Because at Christmas, and you know this, you already get this, Christmas is about God giving us the gift of his presence. It says that, you know, that a child, a son will be born and you'll give him the name Emmanuel. Why? Anybody know? God with us. That the baby born on the outskirts of Bethlehem was no ordinary child. Now, for some, you wrestle with that. And the reality is, is the mere fact that we're sitting 2,000 years later, gathering around, singing songs, and billions of people right now are singing around the world about this baby born in Bethlehem should cause every single person to pause. And examine the life of Jesus and who was this man. But think about it. How in the world did a carpenter turn itinerant preacher who grew up in a very obscure part of the Roman Empire, the area of Judea, really known as the armpit of the Roman Empire, who died at the young age of 33, And he was executed on a Roman cross, which, by the way, Rome executed on a cross to, like, snuff out someone's existence. 
You see, when you're executed on a Roman cross, nobody wanted to talk about it. Nobody would say anything about that person. They would be disowned from their family as if they never existed. And yet, we are still talking about this man 2,000 years later. How is it that the greatest emperor Rome ever had, Caesar Augustus, merely becomes a footnote in the story of this baby born in Bethlehem? See, those questions should cause us to pause and consider for a moment, who is this child really? Is he actually who he said he is? God with us. Now, the prophet Isaiah, speaking about 700 years prior to this moment when Jesus was born, begins to talk about why we would talk about this child 2,000 years later. That there's something so distinct and so special and amazing about this child. And he begins to describe what this child would be like and why we're still talking about him to this day. I want you to listen to what Isaiah says. It's so incredible and powerful. He says, for to us a child is born, not just to the right people, to the special people, to, to all the people who have it figured out. No, to every person. That's why as Maddie was reading the, uh, the Christmas story, the angels declare, this is good news of great joy for all people. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he'll be called, this is his name, this is what he's about, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, and of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. Now, if this is true, if what Isaiah penned 700 years before the birth of Jesus about this coming Messiah that was then celebrated, this crucified one that then now we know about and talk about and celebrate. If this is true, the implications are absolutely staggering for us today. I don't know about you. I don't know what you came in with. I'm not sure what you're walking in this moment with. But perhaps you're in need of wisdom. You don't know what to do. Do you feel like you're pulled in every direction and you don't know what to do? See, what Isaiah says is this baby born in a manger is actually the wonderful account counselor available to you in this moment right now. I mean, maybe do you feel overwhelmed by the pressures and demands of life? Are you struggling to keep your head above water? You just don't know how you're going to make it through this Christmas season or any season for that matter. What Isaiah says is this baby born in a manger is almighty God come for you. Not passive, not distance, not merely a kind-hearted old man or old whatever, 
but has no power to do anything, the mighty God of the universe has come for you. Do you ever wonder, maybe wrestle, you'd maybe not say it out loud, but does anybody really love me? I mean, are you searching for someone or something to say you're valuable and worthy? And the, perhaps it's the pursuits of your life and the, like the drive of success is just to say, would someone to say, man, I love you for you. This baby born in a manger is your everlasting father who's lovingly pursuing you. Perfect heavenly father whose affection for you never varies or changes. Is there an internal restlessness in you? Do you keep yourself busy so you don't have to pay attention to the ache of your soul? You know, that's what we do in Silicon Valley especially. We keep ourselves busy. But I think the reason is maybe a different than we'd like to acknowledge. See, because the minute you stop long enough, you begin to feel the bubbling up of the dissonance of your soul. And so as long as you stay busy, you don't have to pay attention to it. And yet it still is there. It still lingers, doesn't it? This baby born in a manger, Isaiah says, is the prince of peace. To give you inner peace. To bring rest to your weary soul. In fact, Jesus would say it this way. He, he would say, are you weary? Are you heavy laden or burdened? Come to me. Come to me. This moment, right now, come to me. Take my yoke, which is my teachings upon you. For my burdens light, I will give you rest for your soul. See, Christmas is about God giving us the most precious personal gift himself. This is why Christmas is so powerful and profound and why billions of people right now are celebrating the birth of a baby born in Bethlehem. And the question is, well, if that's true, why do we miss it every year? Why, why, why do we run past it? Uh, A.W. Tozer writes, I don't know, I mean, I think this is at least 60 years ago, maybe more now. And I think his answer to this is, as relevant today as it was in his day, why we run past and miss this absolutely profound reality. He says this, It does seem strange that so many persons become excited about Christmas and so few stop to inquire into its meaning. Isn't that true? As we run and rush and scurry about to get presents huddled around the tree, and he says, but I suppose this odd phenomenon is quite in harmony with our unfortunate human habit of magnifying trivialities and ignoring matters of greatest importance. See, the invitation this evening is 
is to pay attention to matters of greatest importance. See, Christmas is about God giving us the gift of his presence. Now, the reason we tend to miss this is the problem we tend to put Christmas in the category of a religious holiday, right? You're like, well, yeah, thank you very much, Ryan. Isn't this a religious holiday? I get tomorrow off. It's awesome. Hello. It's a holiday, and it's a religious holiday. It's a Christian holiday, and yet it was never intended to be a religious holiday, and here's why. Religion is all about humanity trying to work and earn their way to God. It's the story of Santa Claus is coming to town. That's religion in a nutshell. You know that song, You Better Watch Out. You Yeah, you better not pout. Santa Claus is coming to town. Yeah, you know it. You sound good, too. See, at the heart of it, at the heart of religion says this. You better do good. And you better be good. And if you do good and if you be good, then perhaps you might get something good from God. You better watch out. See, that's religion. is somehow trying to work and earn your way. And by the way, there are so many people who are part of this tradition of Christianity, but they've been caught up in a religion thinking that they have to somehow good their way to God. You better watch out. You better not pout. I better do good. And you're not ever able to just simply enjoy God because you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. If I just mess up, then God's going to smoke me. We kind of think of Jesus as the elf on the shelf, you know. He's the spiritual snitch telling God what's going on. Right? See, Jesus flips the script. Christmas flips the script. See, Christmas is all about God himself coming to find us. It's not about you somehow trying to work your way to God, find your way to God, earn your way to God. It is Jesus, not a good man and not a prophet. It is Jesus, God himself, come to find you. God's not sitting there going like, okay, when you fix up your life, when you get it all figured out, and if you slip up, by the way, watch out. And some of you grew up in churches like that. Watch out, man, I'm going to get you. See, Christmas is all about God himself, everlasting father, prince of peace, peace, wonderful counselor, mighty God, come to find you, come to rescue you, come to save you. And so this is why this is a problem. Because Christmas is not about a religion, and we put it in that category. Christmas is all about a relationship. It's personal. Not only did God come in person, but he longs to have a personal relationship with you and with me. And that's why he came in person. Now, there's something that I think is so amazing about um, God with us that we often miss 
In fact, it tells us about the type of relationship that we get to have with God. And I think many of you, the things that I've said, you would go like, man, maybe I'm not heard in that way, but I've heard that before. I think this you might not have thought about. Tim Keller writes in his book, Hidden Christmas, he writes this. He says, if God had, has really been born in a manger, then we have something that no other religion ever claims to have. What is it? It is a God who truly understands you from the inside of your experience. Think about this. Not just God who is for you. Not just God who's with you. God understands you. Not like understands you just intellectually, you know. I'm like, hey, I, I, I can understand what you're going through. I intellectually get that. Or, you know, I kind of have this idea. Or theologically, we can understand. No, he experientially understands you. Being born as a baby, coming in the most humblest, vulnerable of ways, could have come with all sorts of pomp and circumstance, and yet grows up in obscurity as a human. Scandalous. He knows the pain of skin in his knee, and he knows the pain of losing a loved one. He knows the pain of feeling betrayed and rejected and put down. He's walked the earth in such a way that he knows your experience. So when you talk to God, you're not talking to a God who's distant and aloof and somehow going like, yeah, somehow, buddy, get it together. You're talking to the God of the universe who understands you from inside your experience. And you get to call that God Father. You see, there's nothing more personal or precious than the gift of presence. And so this evening, we light the Christ candle to celebrate Emmanuel. God with us. A God who said, it's personal. And I long to have a personal relationship with you. And in this moment, you can make it personal. For some, you grew up in a religious home or a back, religious background. Maybe you do the church thing, but, but you've never realized you could have a personal relationship with the God of the universe through the person of Jesus. And for others, you're like, I, I don't know about this church thing. In fact, somebody invited me to a Christmas dinner and said we had to stop somewhere. And so we're here. And I <laughs> so I'm stuck, Ingram. Hurry this thing up. I'm hungry. But I've never thought about God coming for me, understanding me, loving me, wanting a personal relationship. And this evening, you can make it personal too. In fact, I like this idea. God didn't send a re-gift to us. 
He didn't send just another prophet or any of those sort of things. Oh, I got this kind of thing. You might like it. And he didn't even send a gift card. Hey, this might help you for a little bit. No, he came in person because he loves you and longs to be with you. 